Felix, how good are you at being positive? Oh, that's kind of what I do, mate. I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, can you lead this, mate? And uh, can you just explain to everyone when we're recording this exactly, the brand new episode, first episode of season two of The Fix. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then if you can give it that positive spin, mate, that would be really good. Well, it's not amounted to what we thought it would because we thought first first episode of season two of Fulham Fix, mm. maybe, you know, after the first home game, we'll be beaten Brentford, mm. probably. <laughs> and um, then we can just start it all from there. We got Mitro signed, it, signed a contract extension. Mitro stayed <laughs> and we'll just crack on from there, like really yeah. positive. Yeah, man. Um, the most optimistic news I can give you at the moment oh, is on. I've just walked from the Johnny Haynes where I have seen Bobby, they're called over read, yeah. um, give a young girl his shirt. That's nice. Which was very, and he ran the length of the pitch to do it. Okay, that's, that's, so, that's so nice. So that's the only sort of really heartwarming good news okay. I have to offer you. People listening to this or watching um, will know, mm. but we've just been beaten 3-0 by Brentford. Mm. Um, Mitro... Yeah, is off. Yeah, um, and uh, still no texting on Fulham pets. Or <laughs> no, mate. I tell you what. No, like if we're gonna if we're, we're gonna talk good news right now, come on. I have a lot of Fulham pets to read out for you, <laughs> and I might even have an exclusive steed sighting. Brilliant. Okay. All right, dude. Can we just get into? Can we do the Brentford game first? I feel like let's I do the Brentford do a little yeah. bit of that because um, it has just happened. A lot, and fresh. a lot happened in the game. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know. It wasn't a quiet one. No. And I feel like we were toe-to-toe for pretty much most of that game. Uh, you know, they, weren't, they were one nil up at half-time, and I think deserved maybe. Like I said, it was pretty yeah, even. Yeah. yeah. And then I think it all changed second half. Penalty shout, red card for Ream, second yellow, I think. Although I, I believe I, it was a bit soft. I've been told. Oh. I've not seen it back, but it was quite a soft it's yellow. It's incredibly soft. Is it? Yeah, he did hardly... Because I am um, was in the press bit with the benefit of the replays. Yes. There, and he sort of sort of leans on him. And gets a yellow hardly, for that. And then the referee almost gives a penalty. And then without sort of thinking about it, gives him a second... It's almost one of those where he gives him yellow and realises it's a second yellow and then has to send him off. And uh, then like, okay. It's almost a little bit like, oh, wow. You can almost see the referee being like, oh, actually, that's quite... Harsh for what's just happened, but he can't stop the chain of events. From where I was, I I thought that Tim had said something because it was there was so nothing in it. Really, that he must have booked him for something that wasn't that. But he looked as sort of nonplussed. And, and Tim, like, Tim's not the sort of guy that says something either. Like he's he's exactly. Not the, if he's going to say something to the ref, it's going to be, you know, let's sit down and have a discussion about this because yeah, I'm not sure that was the right call as opposed to, you know, in your face referee. Exactly. Metro style. And we can say that now because he's gone. But, you know, <laughs> kind of, you know, in your face, you know, the thing that sort of gets you an eight, eight match fan. <laughs> God, that was I'll the end of Metro's legacy, wasn't it? Well, it was. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, but anyway, oh, so that, that okay. happens and the yeah, game's yeah. sort of dead, isn't it? Then 10 men and 2-0. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then, and, and weirdly, I think we played really quite well with 10 men as, as a positive. Yeah. We made some changes. Yeah. We, you know, we brought on William. Nice to see Polinia back playing as well. Yeah. Bassi came on and, um, you know, and I think Triore. we actually... saw a bit of Triore. A bit, bit of Triore, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. What a... I mean, he is just all muscle. Unit, yeah. Just really is. And I think we played really quite well. And it's one of those things where, you know, you, we're, we're, you know, on the front foot attacking as much as possible, trying to get a goal back. And we're so exposed at the back, and that's just that's just how it goes. And, and so I think happens. the three 0 flatters them, and I like to think that that was a blip in uh, you know 
One went out of two. Yeah. We, we got, maybe didn't deserve quite to get beat 3-0 there, but then maybe we didn't deserve to beat Everton maybe last week as well. Yeah. So it's kind of evened itself out. It has. Three but points. Luckily City and Arsenal next, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> another, another six points in the bag. Do you know what I was thinking actually was interesting because obviously there's no no Willian, no mm. Mitra, no Polina in the starting eleven. Yeah. And for the first sort of half an hour, we, we almost went one new up Easter in the first 10 minutes. It should have probably scored. But looking at the team, I thought it was quite interesting and sort of heartwarming in a way because I felt like, oh, Harrison Reed, Kenny Tetty, Bobby, these mm. all look feeling like senior players now a little bit. Yeah. It felt like they were starting to get ownership of the side. So it was sad that it kind of unfolded that way because I felt like for the first half an hour, you were almost watching an evolution of those players that have been in a slipstream. Do you know what I mean? Becoming Agreed. sort of frontline senior yeah. Fulham players. So that would be really interesting to see how that unfolds over Definitely. the rest of the season. I mean, you know, it, 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 let's not forget, we did. There, like you said, there was some really nice football in that first half and we did look strong missing some key players. And so I think there are some positives. I think it's just Brentford, isn't it? Losing to Brentford. I hate Brentford. <laughs> Sorry. I, this is why we need your positivity, the, man. The, um, yeah. The, 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 you know what's really funny? I always forget at Fulham is that um, you don't realise when you're in the Hammersmith end is mm. that you can't really hear from the Putney way end and Hammersmith end. Mm. You can't really hear each other. No. So when you're in the middle, you yeah. really get a sense of both... Like side singing your support, and is this a library? But yeah. they can't hear the fact the other one's so singing it. So they're all both living like alternate realities. Yeah, it's do you know what I mean? True. And it's always like the like it, it always seems to happen yeah. at the same time. So they both think that every, the other side's being quiet. I've had this conversation with so many people that it's true. When you sit in the middle, you've got one side sort of saying, "Yeah, like you said, is this a library?" But they're singing their hearts out the other side. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And you're like, "Yeah, it's just ironic that neither of them can hear each other." Yeah. Oh dear. Well, there we go. I mean. Go on. I can give you one more positive. Oh, yeah, please. It was sort of a weird off-season, I thought, obviously, because we've had all the transfer stuff with Fulham and all those rumours, which have been a bit rubbish. And, like, you know, like, lo- are we losing everyone? Are we not losing everyone? So it was quite nice to be back because, I was, to be honest with you, I felt like it was a slightly early to come back. Like, I wasn't mm. quite ready for the season to start again. I think cause we start, le- ended a bit, a bit late because of the, the World, World Cup. Cup yeah. But coming back here and just, like, watching the like proper high quality game of football, like swell and contract and then just getting locked in with all the discipline it takes to play at this level. It did, did make me click back like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm buzzing for this actually. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I did, yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I actually normally I have that feeling for a week up till I was going, I didn't really feel it until I was in here. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's as much as I got. Positivity <laughs> <laughs> Look around the room. Anyone else got anything else they could share? Any positive bits? No, I've got something positive to share. I think I know what you're going to say. Um, we have got an all-time Fulham legend on the show to start season two. Yeah, one of really the greats mm. um, in what well, probably the greatest era in modern history of Fulham Football Club. He mm. ran the show in centre midfield. Um, do you want to tell everyone who it is? Can I? I'd love you to. Because I love because yeah. Danny Murphy. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was such a good interview that we've decided to split it into two uh, because we just kept going on and on in a, in a really good way. And I think we probably, if it hadn't been such a hot day when we recorded it, um, cool. in, and we were in such a tiny room with the air conditioning turned off, yeah. we probably could have gone on for another hour or so, I think. You know, and I think he would have given well, that time. Well, we sort time. of did. Well, you stood afterwards, didn't we, talking for ages as well about everything. We did, yeah. Them. 
We did. We we stayed in the room and kept talking. Just we just had the doors open that time, just to air it a little bit. What are your reflections of um, spending time with Danny? Was he exactly as you imagined him to be? Or yeah, he w- he's he's like super intelligent, smart. The way he played, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, his stories, like he, like I mean, obviously a lot of people, you know, you watch him on Match of the Day or you hear him on Talk Sport. He's a good storyteller. He is, and his memory for these moments, you know. They're really good. I don't yeah. know. They're really and he and he does and I find especially this is probably the most transported I've been yeah. doing the podcast so far. Mm. You know, taking us back to the Great Escape to like real little moments, like when he's talking about, you know, the moment he decides to run up, you know, yeah. in the Portsmouth game and things like that, and then talking about the fact. One of my favourite stories that I think is actually in part two, um, but you know, I'll tease it now is when he talks about being. I think he's at the cottage balcony for the Juventus game with his mate and he's just going, look, we'll, we'll go to the pub in a bit yeah. because, you know, we're 3-1 down, you know, but we'll, we'll wait till kick-off. They go 4-1 down and he's like, let's go, pub. And and uh, his mates say, go, no, come on, let's stick around a little bit. You know, we don't want to miss something good. And I just, I just, just thinking about that. Everyone felt like that a bit, didn't they, really? Well, yeah. yeah he was going through the same emotions as everybody else. But he didn't go to the pub. Amazing, no. really. But uh, yeah, it, I, what about you? What, what sticks out <clears throat> well, for you? Well, it's interesting you say that because the thing that really struck me from the conversation is the clarity of his memory of the like the back end of his entire career. So he will say to you, X year, even if it was at Charlton or Tottenham or Liverpool, or at Fulham, he'll go, I had a really good run for 10 games mm. and then went off it a bit. He'll say things like that. You're like, wow, you can really chronologically remember everything mm. that happened. And like you say, he um, with the Portsmouth header, he talks about... Um, Make having that intuitive, instinctive feeling of yeah. running into that area unmarked to win the head, which is amazing to feel like all of Fulham's history is dependent on Danny Murphy having that instinct to yeah. be like, hang on, I'm going to just make a last minute run here when no one's picking him up, which we do chat, we, we do say maybe Sean knows not jump with him. But anyway, yeah, yeah. we should just save all of this so we you should. can hear it firsthand. We'll come out the other side, yeah? Let's come, I'll tell you what, let's come back to the other side uh, and make sure you stick around because we might have some hashtag Fulham pets for you. It's Danny Murphy. One and only, Danny. Danny Murphy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Pleasure thank, to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. You, you've got the right idea. Your shorts and a t-shirt. We're sitting here in a tiny, tiny studio with no aircon on a really hot day. Like already, it's, it's only about nine a.m. and it's it's like well, twenty to be honest, degrees outside. I, 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 I didn't prep that well. It's only because I was rushing on the school run this morning to have my boy with me. Okay. And uh, it was the you know you could just grab something really quickly. So I didn't really. It wasn't like I looked at the weather app and thought. I'm going to have to be. Well, if you're listening and not watching, Danny's in a white top. So in my mind, he looks like he's still playing yeah. for Fulham. Yeah, yeah. And that was the... Um, part, he's chosen that from, outfit. Apart from the tie around my belly. Yeah. Oh, behave, mate. You yeah. still, still look like you could you could get in a kit and, and give it a good oh, 90. It looks the same as you... Well, you I'll tell you a quick story. The last time I played, I was, I was, I was over at Wembley doing a bit for Club Wembley and, and joined in this kind of corporate day. And uh, they said, oh, you don't have to play if you don't want to. I was like, I'll play. It's Wembley. It's Wembley. Yeah. I'll, have, I'll come on for, whatever, 20 minutes. So I went on, and after 10 minutes, you know, the adrenaline gets going. I started getting a bit competitive. Some good players. Popped one round the corner and had a shot. And as I had the shot, I struck it quite well. I just felt something in my thighs. Oh. Like, pop, done. Oh. No, really? Yeah, that, that, and that, that lasted about three months. So I thought, come on, you're getting too old for this. Oh, so you don't play really at all no. anymore? Just golf. Right. Just go, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Anyway, 
That's actually that's the that's the thing I've really appreciated about you, Danny, in your post Fulham career. Obviously, I hear you all the time on radio and talk on TV, and you always it's very rare to have someone from a neutral position bring up love for Fulham. And I remember a World Cup, a cup I think it was a couple of World Cups ago, but Clint Dempsey was playing for America, yeah. and you said because America were wearing white, and Clint Dempsey keeps getting the ball, I keep getting excited because I keep. Like forgetting that he's not playing for Fulham. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> wicked. Do you remember that? Vaguely, I think it was probably the uh, the World Cup they did really well, didn't they? Was yeah. it? Um, I think we Brazil, drew. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Maybe the one after. I, it, Clint Clint was a wonderful guy. I um, luckily I, I caught up with him in Doha. He's doing the punditry now, and mm. I tell you what, never thought Clint would be doing punditry. No. <laughs> never. God explain. Yeah. And do you know what? I actually, I actually did. Um, I did an interview with him for a, a column that I do for the Mail on Sunday, uh, before the World Cup. It was, and I was trying to pin down these dates, and he went, uh, "Well, I can't do." And he sent me this message saying, "Blocked out these three weeks." And I, I said, "I can't do these three weeks." I said, "Well, you know, you're going away." He went, "I'm going hunting," and I was like, "What?" I think he was hunting elk in okay. the forests of <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah, and I just that's so Clint. Yeah, really so Clint, so American, very American, all American yeah, boy. Yeah, but he's he's you know out there in there. He's hardcore, right? But yeah, he's I mean, he's from Texas originally. But I will say about Clint, the best trainer I ever trained with in all the years. Really, unbelievable. Oh, I never heard that before. Unbelievable. Really, yeah. as in dedicated and just just trained like it was the last session he was ever going to play. Wow. Like the la- if he was mm. in your team, you win. That's so and the battles he used to have with Dixon. Oh my god! Really, Dixon, <sighs> Dixon and Clint. I mean, because Dixon was so strong. Yeah, he used to get annoyed that Clint would bully everyone in training. <laughs> so he deliberately put himself on the opposition team because he was the only one who could physically muscle Clint. <laughs> but then Clint would get frustrated at Dixon, and they'd always end up going. I was like, boys, do we have to do this every? Day? <laughs> they would actually clash head to head. Yeah. And be like, oh my word! But they had great respect for each other, but they, yeah. Clint couldn't let it go. Yeah. What Europa season that would have been in training? Every every yeah. it just yeah, went yeah. on and on. I mean, not every day, but you know, <laughs> that passion though. That's good to hear. Dixon and Clint. Because on the on the flip side, you know, there are so many players that maybe like to coast training a little bit. You're like, we just get through training. Yeah, but that's why it's nice to hear that because I was thinking about this yesterday. And that team, when I think of that team, the first thing I think of is how committed they were, mm. how committed you all were. Like every week when you knew you're going to see them. You, you knew that people were going to throw themselves in front of the ball and it was going to have that sort of like real dedication in that side. Well, I think it's commitment and dedication tends to be words you use about a team after they've had good results. Yeah. So it's easy one to throw in. And I'm not belittling it because oh, yeah, it's yeah, important. Like yeah. But what's more important is organisation, discipline, tactical nows and quality. They all come before that. Because if you've got none of those... You can run around, you know, you can put a Fulham shot and run around and jump in front of the ball occasionally. Yeah. You look committed, but you <laughs> You know, that's the truth of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that these words are thrown out where you were committed. It's an, it's, it does us an injustice yeah. because we weren't just committed. Yeah. We were super well disciplined. Yes, we had a senior team, which helped because all the lads were, you know, they all had capacious minds. They could take on information, especially when Roy was drilling us and working with us. Um, so... We we had more than that. We we had good quality, as you know, and the team. I mean, it did evolve a little bit over that time. The the team we had when we finished seventh, although the year or two after we didn't finish as high, the team got better. You know, yeah. 
Um, but that that group of players, in terms of you talk about training, talk about some players cruising and all that. No, he couldn't. Never mm. happened. No, because you you had people like Andy Johnson. Set, sorry, I take that back. Andy Johnson. Bobby Zamora would cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and he wouldn't mind telling you that either. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was allowed because he was so good at for us. But AJ Duffer's, I mean Duffer's mentality. That, yeah. That's a winning mentality. Yeah. Trained properly. Really? Clint Demon. Dixon trained properly. Zoltan Gearer. Yeah. You know, I'm talking lads who wouldn't let your standards drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had a responsibility as well. I mean, I'd come, I'd, I'd been through some good years and, and good and bad times actually, but. I knew how important it was what we were doing on the training pitch. So a group of us would always pull people up yeah. if they came in and, you know, younger lads or new signings, if they weren't at it, they'd get to... Oh, Aaron Hughes, forgot about Uzi. Yeah. I mean, what... Mm. what Chris Baird. All of them. Yeah. Baird, he'd have the off day now and again. He'd throw his toys out if he wasn't playing, but still had a great attitude in terms of yeah. heart. Does that, does that make it easy to captain? Easier. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the, I was lucky because I had lots of people wanting to do what I wanted to do, which is make us the best we could be. But also we've been around the block a bit and understood the importance. Probably one of the most important people in that was Schwartz. Okay. Schwartz's Schwartz's mentality was phenomenal. First in, last down. You know, always looking to give people advice, kick people up the backside, you know. he, He had this care for other players I'd say that's mm. not easy to do. I mean my role as captain forced me to take more of an interest in others because I never used to care most footballers are intrinsically selfish including me am I playing am I happy are things going well for me when's my next contract blah 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 yeah. <clears throat> somebody being left out of the team or dejected in the corner show some resilience Get, it, get on with it, you know. When you're captain, I had to start thinking a bit more b- broadly about how can I help him? Does he need, is he looking a bit, you know, and, and lads started coming to me more. But Schwartz was also someone they went to as well. Um, but yeah, lads would start coming to me more about I'm feeling this way out and, I, I, you know, I don't know whether to go and see the man. Or what, blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, you know, but sometimes I'd say no. Sometimes I'd say, yeah, I think it's healthy. Go and have a conversation. Because it'll just build up and you'll do something stupid in mm. training or what. So, yeah, we had a great group in answer to your question. So, was that the first time you captained the side at Fulham? Then? Yeah, I'd been captain on occasion before at, other, at Liverpool. At yeah, Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, but not for a period. In terms of, of long-term projects of, like, building the side. Well, the only... The only exp- I was lucky in a way, because I did have some experience. Because I was... I roomed with Stevie G for four or five years when I was at Liverpool. And Stevie got given the captaincy from Sammy Ippia. They took it off Big Sam. Of course, yeah. And they give it Stevie at a young age. And sometimes, like, Stevie had... He'd be like, ah, oh, I've got to do a... got to do a players meeting later. Not looking forward to that. Because it wasn't natural to him. Yeah, yeah. So I said, well, you know, we'll talk it through, you know. What, what are we going to bring... What, what, what are we going to talk about, you know? And so I... In the background, like a ghost, if you like... Yeah. Captain, started trying to... With Stevie, go, you know, some, the best thing about it, funnily, I remember laughing, one of the best things about being a captain is you tend to get responsibility of the tickets. <laughs> so it's like, I remember Stevie getting the captain, he was buzzing, it's Liverpool, it's his team. But he's like, oh, we, we got, we've got the tickets, got all the comps. I was like, yes! 
<laughs> Same at Fulham, you get more of a say, you know, with Mark Maunders. Mark Maunders, I was texting Mark yesterday, actually. Um, so just to, not to assume any knowledge, like, because I don't know that, but when the captain ha- literally has the tickets and they hand them out on the bus or whatever, you got two each or like... To yeah, it kind of, what it means is normally, depending <laughs> on the club, <laughs> great. So on, you, great. Get, you get complimentaries, yeah? You can yeah. buy tickets as well, sure. but you get a certain amount of comps. A guest list. De- yeah, yeah, depend, yeah, yeah, depends if you're playing Liverpool, how many tickets, Man U, sure, who, sure. who wants what. <laughs> Love it. But yeah. you'll get either two or four, depending if it's home or away. Sure. <clears throat> and you've got lounge tickets as well, yeah. so the players' lounge. But then, of course, with a, with a foreign influx of any team, there'll be certain lads who don't need the tickets, blah, 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 blah. So you'd go round and you'd give out the tickets and then there'd be a bit left. Yeah. And if you needed some extra, well, they'd be, they'd, that'd be done straight away. So, yeah, that was one of the... So we went to Liverpool, you would have had more tickets to kind of like, because you knew people around there type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely, that's did actually, not know that, that would have been down to the captain. That's brilliant. Well, no, Mark, it, Fulham, it was a bit different. Maunders liked to take responsibility, but as captain, because we got on so well, yeah. you know, he, he basically let me have what I want. Yeah. yeah. yeah do you know what? In, in, the, in the time I've been here 10 years now, nearly, and it's in the time I've been here, I've never had, heard anyone say anything other than like just full on love and praise for Mark Maunders. I'm just saying that because you just bring up every player we have here that sits down, they talk about Mark. Well, it's a massively important job. Yeah. Um, mm. And we talk about success as a club. That comes from ver- various places at a football club. You know, you're looking at the players, the management, mm. but one of our big successes was the medical team. Mm. That was where they spent the money rather than even in the transfer market, I think. We had brilliant osteos, physios, yeah. But Maunders was part of that team because he was um, a conduit, if you like, you know, between everybody. Yeah. He, people used to go and rant to Maunders, yeah. knowing they could and they wouldn't get back. But he would also, if there was three or four players who, senior players, and we had a problem, and he, he, he would find a solution mm. somehow by being, you know, being good with his words. And, and ultimately, what Mark had, which many people had at the club when I was here, including the group of players we've already spoken about, was a real love for the club. Yeah. Mark's genuinely l- passionate about Fulham. Yeah. yeah. Now, I was up at the cottage recently doing a, another piece, actually. I can't even think what it was about. I, was, I think it was about, I think it was about Marco Silva and, and the club's success, you know, the season that's just gone. Um, and Mark ended up, you know, talking to, to us about so many aspects of the club going yeah. back years and, you know, his input and his his knowledge of the club and mm. oh, it, was, it was great. But yeah, he he and many others are the reason we had the success we did because there was a, a real togetherness. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say togetherness after, but there was. Yeah. It was a real feeling of that. What were the circumstances of you? Because I'm a bit hazy on how and why you signed <coughs> for Fulham. Because you were at, you're between uh, between Liverpool, you were at Charlton, weren't you? For a yeah. So time? so when I left when I left Liverpool, I had a choice of Tottenham, Charlton, or Everton. And I only spoke to Charlton out of respect, really. I, I, right. Curiosity. I had mm, no yeah, intention yeah. of going there because you just won the triple. You'd done everything no. It was a bit after that. A few years after. Yeah, it was a couple of years after that. Um, that'd be silly to leave then. <laughs> No, it was a few yeah. years after that, yeah. but Rafa came in and he didn't want me, made it clear, and that, that's life, that's fine. Um, it's been well documented, but yeah. I I I chose Charlton in the end, but mainly because Curbs and the chairman made me feel very important, and I, and I just fancied being ego kicked in, king of the castle, you know? Yeah. Big fish and all that. Um, anyway, ended up at Tottenham 18 months later. I had a great eight months at Charlton, really enjoyed it, actually. Fell out near the end with Curbs. 
stupidly, but we're fine now. Was that, do you mind me asking the falling out, was it 50-50? Or do you feel like looking back with a bit of hindsight yourself? No, no, that was Curbs. Okay. Yeah, no, that wasn't 50-50 at all. Um, Would would Alan Kerbishley say something different? I I don't know. No, okay, you think it's fair? Yeah, I think he knew. The thing is, I had loads of connections in football, and the, the brief overview on that story was that he was trying his best to do a deal to me. I, I don't think he got backed the way he should have by the sure. owners. And we were doing quite well. Yeah. And we needed a refresh. And he wanted to, he wanted two players in from Newcastle, Shola Ramiobi and Lee Bowyer, to bring back. And I was playing really well. Mm. And I was the only asset, really. Um, and Sunes was at Newcastle. And he basically, that, that, that was the, he was trying to do two for one. Yeah. Wheel and deal. I didn't want to do it, really. But I he didn't know I knew. But I did, because I know Suey. Yeah. So I've gone in, pulled him on it. Yeah. He's denied it. Okay. Next thing I'm out of the team, training with the kids. Right, okay. That's the simplified version. Yeah. It wasn't quite that simple. We had work, you know, he didn't want to admit it. I probably didn't, could have been a bit better in the way I dealt with it. But anyway, I ended up with the kids for a little while. Um, and then just right near the end, Tottenham came in. Because ironically, I'd had two really good games against Tottenham that season. Really <laughs> so they, they, they'd clocked it, taken note. So and they were they were cruising for Champions League spaces at the time. That was the yeah. season they messed, we messed it up at West Ham on the last day. Yeah, and um, yeah, they came in late doors and Curbs was like, "You're not going." And I was like, "I am." <laughs> and then the agent, and the chairman, got involved, and we we used our brains, and I and I left. Um, but then I went to Tottenham and things didn't go as well for various reasons, but jumping forward to the Fulham move. Um, at Tottenham, my dad got terminally ill, um, which, although there were spells at Tottenham where that wasn't going on, and, and I, mm. Martin, Martin Yol, the manager at the time, could have played me more when he said he was going to, and then he didn't. Maybe I was a bit to blame as well in terms of maybe my application. I have to be honest about that. But then when my dad got really ill, Nobody knew about it. I didn't really want anybody to know. And then he passed. Basically, for about six months, I was out of it. Sure. When I say out of it, I went back training and blah, blah, blah. But you're not, your head's not. Yeah. Which is totally understandable. Yeah, yeah. Can, but, yeah. but I don't think I gave that enough importance. And it's looking back, mm. I, I thought it was fine to play and blah, blah. So, sure. so some of it was Martin, some of it was me. And it didn't quite materialise. I played a few, I had one good spell I had, 10, 12 games. And the rest of it was a bit of a... So, at the end of that season, bringing us up to the Fulham thing, I um, I was struggling for a club because my agent was speaking to clubs and I was still under contract. So I wasn't on a free. Um, and they were basically saying, well, where's he been? What's going on? Because people speculate. Mm. You know, is there an injury? Is there some problems? Could be drink, drugs, psychology, you yeah. know, whatever. And uh, so I said, no, feel free to tell them what's happened. Like, I'm, I didn't mm. I didn't keep it a secret to try and prevent myself from having a career. Sure, sure. It's just... And anyway, yeah, so amazingly, uh, we were struggling a bit because, I say amazingly as in I didn't expect it to struggle. Um, but then I spoke to Daniel Levy at Tottenham, who was amazing, brilliant guy. I really like Daniel. Um, and he said, look, You've been through a lot. Good guy. You know, mm. it's not worked out. We won't ask a fee. 
Really? Yeah. Because really really this is because it's quite it's vague, isn't it? Here, how how you came here was it a signing? Was it loan? Yeah. Like so Wikipedia no, no, says just... took over your contract. Yes. So he said you can go. Really? He, yeah. <coughs> was like, oh my god! That's, so then I had some options. Okay. Wow, but it all wow. this was all happening near the end of the window, and yeah. I live in Surrey anyway. Yeah. In uh, Kingswood. Well, I was living in Kingswood at the time, so I had two options really: Birmingham and Fulham. Okay. Uh, Laurie Sanchez called me. My agent called me first, then Laurie. And then I went on. I went online and I was like, "Where's the Fulham training ground?" And it was like the closest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you're like, and actually, was Fulham, that it then done? But not just that. I know. No, Fulham. Fulham was a club I always liked. I mean, I I knew Chris Coleman, um, Steve Keane, yeah. and I liked. I mean, I, I I spoke to them actually just after I'd signed for Charlton. We had a joke about it because he said, "Oh, you should have come here to Fulham." Blah blah blah. And uh, yeah, came here. Um, I saw the, the squad, some good players. You know, they had mm. Simon Davis, Stephen Davis. I think Smerton was here. Uh, Jimmy was still here, injured at the time. Brian McBride. Yeah. You know, they'd signed Healy. They they had enough. It, it looked like it's still. You know what? There's enough there, and it's yeah. it's a challenge for me. I want to get playing again. <clears throat> then when I got here, a few couple of games in, a few weeks in, I realised that. It was going to be a problem because yeah. I think Laurie, to be fair to him, I think he thought I was a, more of a ball-winning, tenacious midfielder. He hadn't really done his own work than a footballer. Right. And I remember one of the first games, I went to get it off whoever was right back, lost it in front of the dugout. <laughs> and he comes screaming on, saying, if you go and get it off the back four again, you're coming off. <laughs> and I thought... We've got a problem. Oh, did so you just come deep just to get the ball yeah. and play type <laughs> thing? And do you know what, right? To be fair, the lads, they were all on the same page. We can't play like this. Mm. We're going down. And um, to be fair, the lads, this is the good attitude they had. We still tried to do what we wanted. Yeah. You know, we tried. Even though you know it's not working. <clears throat> I'll tell you a great story. We, um, yeah, even though it wasn't working, yeah. the lads tried. Because the there's an old school mentality that I think is right. The manager's the manager, you do yeah. what he asks. Okay. And you try your best. If yeah. it means winning seconds and flying into tackles, that's what you try and do. Yeah. Sure. But we didn't have the personnel to do it. Okay. But we've gone to United. Um, I think, <laughs> do you know what? I shouldn't laugh, but I think, I think we had Chef Kikuchi up top on his own or right. something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <clears throat> you actually done all right on the night, but... Yeah, see, even you're laughing. Yes. So we've gone United. We've set up. I think I was given a job on Skulls, which was an hard one. They had Ronaldo playing. They had whoever, everyone. Yeah. So we've got done two okay. <clears> nil. <throat> Could have been yeah. twenty. Right. <laughs> and we've come in. We've, we've come in after the game. Yeah. And uh, Laurie starts. He's having a pop, and he's saying, "You know, do any of you?" Know what it's like, you know. You've got to do. You've got to show up. You've got to stand up when you come to places like this. And obviously, he played for Wimbledon, hadn't he? And we didn't know at the time, but right, yeah. Wimbledon had been at Old Trafford and won, right. And apparently, he got the winner <coughs> or a deflected okay. kind of. So he was projecting his past. Well, we didn't know, but so at the time, and so we go back. So he's going. Have any of you, any of you, even ever come here and won a game? Have in fact. Have any of you even ever come here and scored? And I went, yeah, three times. A few times, yeah. 
the whole place was just like gone. In this midst of this relegation, <laughs> we're just like, what is he on? So I just, I couldn't help it. Yeah, yeah. I just put my hand up like I was in school. I was like, three times, yeah. Three wins, three goals. Yeah. And he went, oh, there's always one, isn't there? <laughs> like, lads. Anyway, on a on a Great. on a more serious note. So yeah. the point he was making as I've won here and no one, <laughs> yeah. none of you have. You don't have the mentality that yeah, I have. Yeah. You know, and even little Terry Gib- Gibson is one of his assistants behind was you could see. <laughs> I just thought I couldn't help. I had to I had to bury him. But he was all right, Laurie. He just had the wrong mentality for what we had. But yeah, we uh they they moved him on. Um which was a difficult one because any manager got it's yeah sure. you know I was here in the morning he was getting he got told and it, yeah it's not it's not a nice thing but Roy came in and things and, changed and this yeah this is it this is where for a lot of Fulham fans like some of the, the best moments of our you know lives I think as Fulham fans start to happen well, it's mm. a crazy and you're few, such a big part of that it's a crazy few years actually where so mm. much happens yeah. from that point that you just described. Until the end of Roy's reign, and it's only actually two and a bit seasons, really. Yeah, it, it, when you say it like that, the amount yeah. of life packed into that. You think of what was achieved yeah. in that from the Great Escape. We'll start with the Great Escape now, if that if that's cool. Like y- your thoughts on that, because I mean, I remember watching Match of the Day at the time because you know we needed was it like we needed to win the last like four or five games to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, every time we did it and the, the next week we did it. And I remember uh, Lineker saying once, they couldn't, could they? Mm-hmm. They couldn't. And it just got more and more exciting. Um, the City, we start with the City game because that felt like the unachievable. We were 2-0 down at half time, needed to win that. Um, tell, tell us your memories of that game. Well, one of the things, one of the reasons I think we stayed up was because we were, we all, we, we were down Really, yeah. Before even the city, we, yeah. We, we didn't think we had a chance, yeah. So we played quite free, and we had some good players, and we were yeah. like, right. And Roy had already give us a shape, encourage us to play a bit more, hard to beat, dig in, and then we'll just grow in a bit of confidence once we get a few results, and that's what happened. But we go to City knowing that we've got we've got a win, really. Um, I mean, it wasn't what City are now, but it had some good players. Sven, yeah. Sven was managed, Sven, yeah. And uh, <coughs> we end up two 0 down. After playing reasonably well first half, made some good chances. So we've come in half time, and on the way in, one of the Sky guys said, uh, "Oh, you're down at the moment." I think at half time we were down. Yeah. yeah. So like, oh, thanks for that. And, um, <laughs> yeah. So I've gone in. I'm quite calm at the time, so I just didn't really feel the need to be anything else. And uh, some of the lads are arguing. A few throwers. I remember Simon Davis throwing his boot. And, he didn't really show passion emotion that much, but it was all going off a little bit. The lads were fuming. And then Roy come in as he did a bit, couple of minutes after. Sit down, sit down. Boys, it's fine. You're playing well. Like, don't panic. You're playing all right. If you get the next goal, we've got a chance. I was thinking, we are doing all right, but I expected a bit more. You know, come, you, oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you. Right, you're coming off, you're coming off. No. Things are all right because he sees it from afar. You know, you're in it. You don't. So that's exactly what I think. Kamara came on. I think he brought him on second half. Unless he started, I think he came on, and he made a difference. But yeah, we just kept playing. But um, after that win was probably the time I've spoke about this a lot. But in the change room after that was the first time that everyone looked round went, Do you know what? 
we got off a chance here. Because we looked at fixtures, we got yeah. a chance. And um, there was a buzz, first little buzz. Because even any wins before that, it was just like, oh, we've won, you know, we've still got some. Yeah, but that course. one, and the way it was dramatic last minute. Yeah, it was so dramatic. Yeah. Your assist, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I remember more than the <laughs> penalty. But <laughs> well, hey, you still scored it. Well, you know. let's do the penalty first, because you missed the penalty, didn't you? It's a rebound. Yeah, Joe Hart got in my head. First time it's happened with keeper. What, how did, did he do it in a particular way? or? Well, he, I don't know if you've seen Joe Hart over the years, but he does it a lot. Start screaming at pens like that oh, way right. before you take it. Same as normal, same as normal, is it? I know where you blah, blah, go and yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> does it? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching. So I like to go to keeper's left. <laughs> I thought, is he bluffing? Double bluff. I was overthinking. And I never overthink pens. But it was such an And you, you go the yeah. other way. You go well, but, but when I've looked it back, the run up means I can't go any other way. Because you stutter. I've it's just too. Cut. I, what, what I did, and I, I remember lots of my penalties in my career and how I felt when I was taking them. And I used to be really calm. And that one, I forced myself to be too calm. Right. Yeah. I, I was nervous because of the what it meant to get back in the game, but I actually. Trying to stop myself let, letting the nerves get, which is a good, sometimes the nerves are good. Yeah. It means you're more focused and precise in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I actually got really, I just started just casually, you know, like, and it just, no. Anyway, he pushed it back out, thankfully, but it was a <laughs> pen. And I, um, yeah, he got in my head. I remember seeing him do the same Stevie G in the semi final of a League Cup, I think it was, or FA Cup. No, oh, Joe Hart, yeah. Joe Hart giving Stevie loads, and then yeah, Stevie yeah. scored. Yeah. ran up to him and give it him. And he, mm. they were England teammates at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he used to do it a lot, but I've got no problem with it. No, it's part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, I think that, no problem yeah. with it. Fair play to him. He got right in me, hadn't he? nearly won the battle. But yeah, we won the game. And um, Actually, yeah, the rest if you, if you watch the footage back of that, people are weeping in the away end, the full of away end. Yeah. It's so dramatic. I was actually watching that from a dressing room in Liverpool. Oh, really yeah. But the actual, like, it's so visceral, the moment. Yeah. Like, and you're saying that the players believed it had that, it just had that feeling from that point on that it was going to happen. I mean, don't, don't know if from inside the dressing room it felt like that. It did. I mean, it's it's hard to remember exact feelings over a period of weeks, you know, about those years ago. But that yeah. was a, m a massive moment. I've got to say that, that we, I've talked, we've, a lot of people I've heard talk about the Great Escape a lot. And Roy deserves the most credit. But. Um, the the biggest influence on our escape was Jimmy. Oh, really, I'm so glad you brought Brian. Jimmy Brian, up Brian, Brian, Brian made a big difference because he gave us a focal point. Yeah, sure. Without Jimmy, we'd have been done. Because he scored a lot of free kicks. Actually, mm. there was a Villa scored free a couple. Kick. Blackburn, yeah, Blackburn. But it wasn't the free. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't that. It was the upbeat positivity. Yeah, the energy, the the humour. Never mind the quality on the pitch. Because Jim Jim had a way of playing on the pitch free, free from pressure. And he had belief in what he was doing. And he gave me belief. And we bounced off each other. Um, so good. What, what so pairing. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy was... Yeah, Jimmy was the biggest reason we stayed up. Really? I've never heard anyone say that. That's the so biggest. fascinating. No, and because he left the season after, halfway through, it's forgotten his role in that. And if you watched the last 10 games... 90 minutes of all of them. He was outstanding. Yeah. Mm. Outstanding. I think he gets an England call-up at around the same time as no, well, doesn't he? Just a little bit later. Yeah, a little bit. But <clears throat> I always... <laughs> I've talked about this before, but I don't know if you've heard it. He used to have a thing, right? So as the games become more important, yeah. Jimmy doesn't 
change what he is and who he is. Irrelevant of whether you need to win this to stay up or whether it's a League Cup Kick game out, at Grimsby. Yeah. Yeah. And we used to have a bit of music before the games. Okay. And Jimmy used to do a thing before every game where someone someone would give someone the wink because they knew what it it, it it always triggered Jimmy. And it was uh, Michael Jackson, Billy Jean, bam, boom, turn it up. Yeah. Jimmy, middle of the middle of the dressing room, pull his shorts up. Honestly, do do just dance for us for about two minutes. Do the moonwalk. Do ah, oh. <laughs> it didn't matter how tight attention. Yeah. You know, it was just, yeah. and that was Jim. Yeah. But his quality, mm. Jimmy. Jimmy actually, and all the players. I mean, I've played a lot of really talented players. Technically, as good as anyone. Yeah, should have been a top four player if yeah. he had more discipline. Mm. Didn't have discipline in terms of his, you know, how to play a formation, play for sure. the team. It was just. Yeah, he, he was too free. Yeah, that's why I left in the end. But um, Jimmy, Jimmy was a massive reason. But going back, yeah, the the escape, obviously the home game against Birmingham. Ironically, yeah, um, I remember Alex McLeish saying to me, "You should have been here." <laughs> I said you wouldn't be going down. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. I should have. Um, we beat them at home. Um, two 0 I think it was in the end. Two, Neverland got yeah, the last. scores think, a lot of vital goals. Yeah, good player. Yeah, good really. sub. But I think Brian got the first, didn't he? Was it uh, from Jimmy's ball again? I think. Yeah. And then it, we ended up having to win the last day, which everyone knows down at Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the, the the weird the weird thing for me with that one, which again recycling the story, but I I only knew I was going to play late. The night before, because of my my daughter was in hospital, right. she's only a baby. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. No. So how, how old was she at the time? Sorry, if you don't mind me asking. Um, Are we talking newborn at this stage, or she was no, she she wasn't one. She was right, baby, okay. baby, yeah. And would right. you, again, don't have to go into detail. Was she very sick? Is this something that? that well, we did, the problem was we didn't know. So yeah. on the Friday, the game was on the Sunday. Yeah. And on the Friday, we uh, Friday evening. She'd gone limp and I just, oh. we got, yeah, it was horrible. We rushed mm. in and they didn't, they couldn't tell us what we didn't know. So, sadly, I didn't train and then spoke to Roy, good as gold. I bet, yeah. Just like, do you know, come on, do what you got to do. Yeah. Don't worry about the game. But, of course, I wanted to play, but I was, you know, it was all over the place at the time. And as the Saturday went on, there was some positive signs, but not, not really enough to give us definitive, you know. Yeah. And then by Saturday tea time evening, she picked up. Um, and although they didn't actually nail it down to anything other than some sort of virus, yeah, um, she'd responded and she was off whatever machine or I can't remember the ventilator, whatever it was, and t- taking fluids in, and she was. So I was like, oh, yeah, God, I imagine. So then, obviously, I got down there to play um, the next day and. In a way, I think it probably helped, in a yeah. weird way, because I didn't spend the two days before thinking, "Oh my God, yeah, this is a massive game. What am I going to do? What team Something are going to play?" Something bigger was happening. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I think the, um, I think the, the resilience of the team that day was just the same as it had been weeks before. We didn't change anything. It would have been easy to chase the game, yeah, but we didn't because they were a good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they actually. I remember before the game thinking when you start getting your game head on thinking um, are they going to rest a few for the cup final? Yeah, the cup final, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, but they didn't. Only J-Mo. 
Mm. The foes playing, yeah. they were all playing. Yeah, yeah, I was like, team. oh, <laughs> especially with Jermaine, so now how good he was. Yeah, yeah. So I even said to him before, Jermaine, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, boiling hot day, if you remember, boiling yeah. hot day, yeah. discipline, not much in it first half, tight, which is what we wanted. And then I think, I think Neverland came on and said, boys, we've got, we've got a score. And then when Jim had the free kick, I just thought, I'm going in. He always puts it on the money anyway. So sometimes you get an instinct. It's, I used to have it all my career. Sometimes you make a run knowing it's coming. And um, I wasn't supposed to be in there, but at that point, there was no, you know, yeah, no logic. It's an unusual place to find yourself, actually, isn't it? Well, not back in the day. But yeah, but my, my position was to ring the box. If it yeah. come out, then I could got a strike yeah. away. But... I just sometimes can't really explain it. You just know. Just know. And when I when Jim when I made the run on you, and actually the pace on the ball made the header really easy. Cause yeah. I, well, say easy. I missed some headers in my time. <laughs> I have honestly. But that you just had to let it hit. Didn't have to bam. Yeah. And then the, do you know what? Thank God there wasn't VAR back then. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. That moment. That's why I hate VAR. Yeah. That is a great example why I hate <coughs> having to wait and a yeah. moment, a magic moment like yeah, that, you yeah, take it yeah, away. Of course, totally. yeah. take it away. But yeah, it was onside anyway, thankfully. But yeah, and then, then we had the well, mythically, before you go on, there's there's a lot of talk about that moment because no one jumps with you, and there's a photo in the hall here at Motspur yeah. where you're jumping, it's like framed, but and Sean Davis is looking on, yeah, at you. Who's well, obviously it, been, yeah. Who's obviously a Fulham legend yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 I know, sure. Is he, is, one, is he supposed to be picking you up? Secondly, mm. loaded question, do you think he wants Fulham to stay up in the back of his mind? I don't think anyone was picking me up because they wouldn't have ever seen me going in. Right, yeah, because not, yeah. And whether they were doing zonal or man-to-man, I don't know. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe he did let me go. <laughs> I'll have to ask him. I, 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 <laughs> I had a little story. <laughs> And I'm I trying to I'm trying to remember if I dreamt this or not, but I was chatting with Sean, and it was either yourself or another player said during that moment, "Why are you Why are you marking so tightly? This is, this is, these are your boys. This is Fulham. Why would you? You've got no, you're nothing to play I for, you guys." That. Well, they did that. And me. he says he backed off a little bit. Come on. See, I don't know. Again, I might have dreamt that. Well, I'm going to double I, check. I'll message. I suppose what I'll speak to him because that's weird. Because I tell you what. If I'm playing in that Portsmouth team and I've got a cup final next week, I don't want to be losing my man on a free kick and right, saying, well, you know yeah. what, I'll play someone else if you're not going to do the job. Right, yeah, 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 that's true. So, and actually, I remember the run. I, I came from deep late, so we, nobody could have been marking no me. Actually, yeah. the, the, the more realistic and obvious story is it's boiling hot. Yeah. They're playing for nothing. Yeah. They're not switched on. Yeah. And they're not that bothered. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the, real, the reality. Yeah. But they give it a go after we scored, to be fair. Mm. You know, and yeah. I remember defending a corner in injury time. I think Aaron Hughes got up, oh, best header I've ever seen. And we, yeah, we did it. We, it was relief. You know what? I, I, I look back sometimes, and there's um, great pictures of celebrations and all that. Mm. But it's relief. It's not joy of you're not achieving something by staying. Well, you yeah. are, but you, it's not what you want to be achieved. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's actually it's actually a celebration of failure. Yeah. Isn't it really? Yeah, because that's the winning mentality in you. Yeah, because for us it's a celebration of achievement, almost the the impossible. The one thing I'd, I came from humble beginnings at Crew, where, Christ, we we used to take your own training kit home, your own boots home. Yeah, food after the training would be soup and bread, you know, in a little hut. So 
I didn't walk into a Liverpool lifestyle mm. in terms of football. So one thing build, building up to that last game and even the last few weeks of that season, the reality kicked into me because here at Fulham, what was very unusual is the close proximity of all the different people who were employed here at the training ground, for example. Yeah, you know, we, we, I hadn't had that anywhere before. So yeah. you actually get to know lots of different people at the club. Then you get to know the people at the ground, you know, or the steward, whoever it may be, or everybody. Seem to know everybody. Um, and I started realising that a lot of people were going to be affected if we'd gone down. Mm. Um, now, my professionalism or my desire on the day wouldn't have changed, of course, whether it affected somebody or not, because you want to win. But I really felt afterwards the importance of us staying up. Mm. It's when I spoke to people here and at the club and at the ground who might not have had a job if we'd have gone down. Yeah. yeah. That that's when it kicked into me of how important it was. And then of course the next step was um how we progressed and not put ourselves in that position again. Danny Murphy. So so we assumed that that was gonna be one episode, the mm. comeback episode for Full and Fix. But um, as Ivan said before we went in, we talked for so long and he remembers everything in such detail and had so much to say yeah. that we're going to do two episodes. So we, there's going to be the second part of that conversation. Um, and it gets even better, I think. Well, honestly. we know what happens, don't we, after the great escape? We do know what happens. And it gets we lose better. the final, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. it's still a feel-good story, I promise you. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's low. Do you know what, sort of, like, it's only now since having kids and I've got like a you know a, a newborn and a two and a half year old that when he started talking about the fact his daughter had yeah. kind of been unresponsive during yeah. that time and it, and I know it's such a cliche and everyone says it but it makes you realize it's just a game yeah, even yeah. though it ended up being one of the most important games in our history like yeah. that game he almost didn't play it mm. and you know for and and hearing that and that just tugged man at the heartstrings so hard and you know and then yeah and I and I think I, you know, I think that's a big part of him going, everything goes suddenly into perspective and you stop worrying about the game. You stop yeah, thinking yeah. about, you know, it's a massive game, but maybe th something like that, when something like that happens to you and to a loved one and a family member, or whatever, you know, just, you know, and I think that's part of it. And I think that's why, you know, he entered that game and I don't know, you know, I'm not kind of into fate and all that sort of stuff, but it feels like in some way the stars aligned for that game and, yeah. you know, he gets the winner and he keeps us up and, you know, his daughter's, Okay, and obviously okay, you know, she's much older now and all that, but, you know. I, it's, I'd, it's I'd never heard that story before, actually. Didn't no. That. Did you heard well, that I think I, No, I think that might have been the first time he's revealed that, I think. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, and, you know, he's quite private about it by the sounds of things. You know, even talking about his dad as well. Exactly, it was really touching, wasn't it? Yeah, really open guy, really honest guy. Yeah, he was. And he's also not afraid, he's not afraid to give you an impression of what he would have been like in the dressing room. So, for example, when I say to him, I use the sort of trope that they were dedicated and committed yeah he's not afraid to bite back and say hang on that's slightly offensive because yeah. we were actually really talented as well yeah so you just get that tiny insight into how nails he was yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> sorry i'm not intimidated by the memory of it i've just got something stuck in my throat yeah you started getting um, a bit. but when he, he was like oh, oh i've said something daddy murphy doesn't like i was like i'm just gonna agree with everything he says now for the next 15 minutes <laughs> 
you did. There was some voice where I'm like, you'd say something and, and most people would be polite and go, yeah, yeah, I guess, or blah, blah, blah. But yeah. he just went, no, not that. It and was great, just, though. Yeah, it was yeah, good yeah. insight into no, it. That's good. a real captain, wasn't it? Yeah, without a doubt, man. You know, Proper like, captain. he'll put you in your place. And the other thing I really liked as well, just a little tidbit, is the fact that when, when, is it, when the captains in the clubs that are in charge of the tickets. I know, yeah. It's like, oh, if you if you if you want to get your nan in to the game tonight, go speak yeah, to go Stevie speak to Captain, G. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he'll get you a comp. It's like he'll an episode of Sopranos, isn't it? It's a bit weird. And, yeah, it's, it's a bit like that. So we got so we got part two coming up, which is really good. That'll be in the next episode. We do have part two, and honestly, it's you know it covers the, the, you know the European run, and it's just awesome. And then talks about the, talks about if he could pick the all time best midfielder he's ever played with. Yeah, classic. In, in, in I don't think you'd. You know, believe the answer really. If you if you think, do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you would. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You looked at me as if to say maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, he's very keen on this guy. Isn't he, he is very keen on this guy. You know, but we we put a few big names in the mix. So do you know we what I mean? Did, yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, we ended last season on a bit of a cliffhanger uh, <laughs> in the fact that would we ever get any hashtag Fulham pets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, mate. The mailbox is packed full of Fulham pets. We had Zoltan Gira, who is obviously of the same era and team of Danny Murphy, um, came on the show. And afterwards, or during, I can't remember, Jeff, who stands behind the camera now, revealed that his cat is called Zoltan after Zoltan Gira. Zolly, yeah. And it, it led us to thinking how many Fulham pets there must be out there, or there must be other cats, dogs, hamsters called Zolly or Zoltan. It didn't really get off the ground with the speed that I intended it to. No. There was, um, <laughs> they, we weren't flooded no. with Fulham Pets to begin with. No. But in the off season. I d- you know, it's just, we've had upwards of eight, nine, maybe possibly Fulham Pets. So can, just literally, f***ing in. Come Are you ready? Yeah. Uh, Emma Taylor has said that she has uh, a cat called Murphy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very topical. He's a soppy, gentle, sleepy soul. Not much like his namesake. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. DeLorean FFC uh, says there's a big fluffy dog called Booba after Papa Booba Diop. Yep, nice. Uh, and Have we got a photo? Well, I, well, I hope. I tell you what, maybe we should flash up some photos at this point. Let's let's share some uh, some love here. Okay. Bear with. Okay. Um, we have. I'll save that one till last, actually, because of because of the name. Um, someone, Jack Wiltshire, has a cat called Fulham. It's a black and white cat. He's just simply gone meet Fulham. He's bigger nowadays, much like the club. That's what he said. Um, I'm sorry, what? He's named the cat after the entire club. Yeah. Okay. This sorry, cat as well. This is uh, this is John. This is at. Ormondroid yeah. has a cat called Morgan, the boss cat, named after the one and only Morg, Simon Morgan. Simon yeah. Morgan. Do you know what? Simon got in touch with me the other day. I can't remember. Yeah, he was messing, was he messing about the cricket. Yeah, but I miss Simon Morgan. He, he was a legend. Yeah, yeah. Absolute legend. Great. Continuing the Simon Morgan love, we have uh, a lovely dog here. Uh, this is from Matt Chantry, also called Morgan after Simon Morgan, although the dog um, is a female. But, you know, I don't think it really matters with pet. A bearded dragon called Dimmy, after the Dimmy stand, yeah. which is cool. Okay. Uh, a golden retriever called Dempsey. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's, Lo- uh, I love Danny Murphy on, on Clint, by the way. Him and Dixon are two who have been overly competitive in training. That was brilliant. Dude, we're talking about Fulham Pets here. We've moved on from... Danny sorry, Mur- sorry, I, there's sorry, a, sorry. There's, there's a dog called Dempsey, mate. I know, that's what I'm dovetailing. It reminded yeah. you. Um... <laughs> 
And I think, I believe, oh, here, well, there's one more. Maybe we end with this one. It's quite fitting to end this episode with. Come on. Uh, this is from Pterodactyl has said, uh, this is my cat, Mitro. Nice. And I think at that point, maybe just because he has left the building, should we toast to Mitro? <sighs> All right. Dimitro. I hope you're happy with yourself. <laughs> <laughs>